in a world dominated by what Sigmund Bauman called a gardening state mentality in which political leaders treat certain populations as weeds to be done away with for the benefit of the good plants who vote for them. One bear and one lady are digging their way back to mental well-being and your heart. It's Knackers and the Vag. It's 11.57 in the local PM. A little bit too late to be out of doors. Nonetheless, that's where I am. Not too late for a hobby that you enjoy, but I'm out in the garden now. Not so much because I enjoy it. I mean, you know, a great deal of the time it brings me face to face with my own inadequacies and the inevitability of death. There's a lot of decay along the way too. (laughs) But um, it's an okay place to be uh, when you wish to be nowhere else. Uh, and you perhaps can't escape a feeling, uh, the inability to escape a feeling, a mood, oh, some kind of like primal itch of the amygdala or whatever. It pretty much describes a lot of mental illness, the common ones anyway. I've always experienced depression, which is, after all, uh, scientifically speaking, a diagnosis confirmed just by a bunch of self-reported sy- uh, symptoms. But, yeah, it's always felt to me uh, like the it's ineluctable. You know, one is confined in a mood. And then if it's gone on for years and years and years, sorry about that, also solidarity, it can harden even further. So, you know, be mentally health aware and go and get some of that help that doesn't exist. Woo, lift the stigma. no. I just garden when I can't escape a feeling. And the feeling that I can't escape at the moment is, um, I mean, do you really want to go in there? I don't. Nor is my psychiatrist. He's bored stiff. Um, Oh, look, my best mate at high school, her significant other just cucked it. You know, he was around about 50. Didn't know the bloke very well at all. She lives on the other side of the world. And this has brought us back together to, like, you know, the uh, emotional trust that 14-year-old girls have, which is intense. And yeah, then, then the other thing, uh, you know, we had um, – we, we coincided very much on, on Palestine. Um, she, much more formally than me, it was her uh, – you know, she wrote a thesis on the Intifada. She uh, had pictures of little boys – throwing rocks against um, IDF, um, you, you know, it was really her thing. Um, she's since changed a little. I mean, she still feels, um, you know, very much uh, for the people of Palestine and, um, uh, you know, knows what the Nakba is and stuff like that. But, um, uh, uh, you know, professional obligations uh, she has that I don't. Uh, in other words, she's hugely successful and I'm not. <laughs> she does she does well with the state. She does well with companies. She does well with everything that she does. But I have a deep sorrow, but a gratitude too, that this woman with whom I once had that intense teen girl bond has returned to uh, an intimacy with me that we didn't have before. So when you're feeling like that, you go out maybe into the garden and, you know, look, someone wants to call Neighbourhood Watch, perhaps it's a COVID violation. 
let them. Coppers have been around here for no good reason before. Well, yeah, I swore at somebody in the medical insurance company. Um, hey, don't do that. Don't mention even um, if you happen to have health insurance or your employer does and you happen to mention on the phone that, um, you know, you've been diagnosed with suicidal ideation or indeed use the word. Um, the insurance company, they say, I'm hanging up now. This is quite common practice, I found out, and then they send the coppers around. Got to say, not the best thing to calm a girl down. Anyhow, we're over all of that, and I'm just feeling real-life sorrow for a friend. And, um, and it's a place to escape. Uh, I mean, of course, there are many, many other ways, and please don't ever believe that gardening will automatically bring you relief or, you know, to watch even, you know, the balcony or the windowsill cultivation of a plant, uh, you know, because of your intervention with nature. Don't think it'll make you a better person. There's studies galore and qualitative research. <laughs> Call me old-fashioned, but I like a number or two. Bit of an old-school positivist me, but, you know, all those apparently uh, legitimate surveys about gardening makes you feel better. I don't know, not if you fucking hate it, it doesn't. Um, and it's not a revolutionary act either. Furthermore, you know who else gardened, don't you? 2019, Adolf's garden beds were discovered. There's a lot of asshole gardeners uh, who clearly have no good grasp on reality. Uh, no good grasp on reality, but a good grasp on power. So uh, they create the filthy reality for the rest of us um, that they see in among the petunias. I don't grow them myself. I think they're ugly and they smell bad. Pretty much describes my appearance right now and, of course, my odour. Um, yeah, so I'm out here digging shit and, um, I mean, not doing nothing too complex. I've had a beer, honestly, too, okay. And when you are on, you know, a regimen of psych meds, um, that's quite a lot. I'm not completely bonkers, but I am quite soused. I'm a two-pot screamer, but not so far gone that I can't restrict myself to unpowered garden tools. You know, don't go outside if you're smashed, obviously. And if you're little bit giddy like me, well, just please don't use a fucking chainsaw. All right, look, don't be a nut job out in the garden if you can help it. But do give cultivation, you know, and your garden can be a windowsill or, or whatever, or the, 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 the process of gardening um, can be whatever you determine it to be. Uh, you know, succulents, though, succulents aren't fucking gardening. Succulents are just... No, I suspect them of like intrinsic vegetal evil. Uh, anyhow, my tasting plans aside, here I am in the backyard. A, uh, a lady, she's around 80, I believe, and she comes from the, I'm going to mispronounce it, this, uh, the Dedeconaris, a group of Greek islands. I know, I stuffed the uh, pronunciation, but she came here to the, the continent referred to as Australia uh, in uh, the post-war migration uh, waves. Uh, so she would have been here, I, I gather, I don't know her very well, in the 60s and the 70s. Her name was once on the deed of this house along with her husband. And so you, she popped in a while ago and 
I had no reason to um, chuck her out, but she came around and gave me the thumbs up for reasonable garden maintenance. Anyway, she's coming around tomorrow uh, to um, pick olives. I have some olives on the tree. No idea what to do with them. I mean, and frankly, you know, it's not that they give me indigestion, but they recall the taste of indigestion and acid reflux. I simply don't like olives, but I'm going to, you know, it would be a useful skill to learn. Nonetheless, how does one make an olive edible? Apparently, you can't just pick them off the tree and eat them. There you go. Anyway, um, she's coming on the bus. I think she's probably just having a poke around. Um, So one of the things I'm doing to stop an 80-year-old widow clad uh, in a mid-calf black dress, the the garb of a widow, I'm not going to let her get up on a bloody ladder, am I? So here am I. You know, my bones will heal more quickly if I fall off the ladder a bit tipsy. Frankly, there's not that many olives on the tree, but it's something to do. It's also a place to reflect or try to not reflect on Palestine, the, the Nakba, uh, the, the terrible thing that started it all, which was seen legitimately by many people as a good thing. The stateless Ashkenazi Jews who had been absolutely and still are like more than politicised but like, you know, memorably slaughtered in the modern efficiency of the of the factory. Uh, it's supposed to be the story that we never forget. So what do we do instead? We pretend that we remember and we pretend that it's all fixed up. Oh, yeah, see, my mood's so much better now about the garden. We pretend that there is no more anti-Semitism and all has been healed. Well, racism, uh, just like capitalism, its closest ally, uh, has a habit of having little crises, doesn't it? It has booms, it has busts, and neither of them are pleasant. Anti-Semitism, for various reasons, big again, and, um, yeah, I'm sorry, this whole garden... Look, I'm fucking... My my best mate from high school, like, the only chick, and, like, quality chick too, who fucking talked to me, you know, without reprimanding me, her husband just carked it. Oh, God, stop dwelling. Yeah, Palestine, blah, blah, blah. That's part of our our shared, if broken, on again, off again, partial but deep history with each other. And um, I don't know, you know, it's because of her uh, and it's because of, I guess, to be honest, like the pictures of chicks with AK-47s from the PLO when I was a teenager um, because, you know, teens were very shallow. No, we're not. I speak as though I am still a teen. Clearly, I am in many ways. Um, but those, you know, those those passions that you have when you're a teenager, whether they be for music or what have you, uh, a particular group of oppressed people, uh, you know, they might not leave you. You hear the song, it moves you. And 30-something, oh, Christ, nearly 40 years later, jeez, I'm old. Um, this was the 80s, right? And... One of my first rallies is solidarity with Palestine. It was explained to me. And I wasn't particularly woke or precocious or anything like that. It was like apartheid was a big protest then. You got yourself involved in protest movements. You got yourself involved with radical members of unions, radical workers. And they had this crazy idea that, uh, you know, there was an international struggle. Um, it was starting to, like, you know, all just dissipate by the time I got there. But I happened to be with the 
are the remnants of blokes and sheilas from the BLF, or, you know, that's the Builders Labourers Federation. No, not the Norm Gallagher one, although compared to today's unions, Norm Gallagher got some shit done anyhow. So I was introduced to the topic of Palestine. It was a, you know, solidarity. Any worker's struggle is my struggle. You know, there was no question at the time that it wasn't your struggle. It was absolutely your struggle. These days, people can feel rather differently. Um, And no, it's not your struggle because you don't have that identity. But these were different times. Um, So, you know, this ongoing sense of connectedness that I have to this particular piece of land. Anyhow, uh, the ongoing consciousness of that and what had happened, it just comes back to me and every now and then I'll get back and do a little bit, you know, just a little bit of my uh, consciousness rising. So the last time I did that was like uh, 2019 for the BDS uh, council. Um, I received a message from the official uh, appointees um, in Australia, um, you know, will you spread the BDS uh, message for Eurovision, which was um, being broadcast in Australia. Australia were participating in it, blah, blah, blah. Some Australian people that I actually know pretty well uh, were doing the broadcast and um, performing in the broadcast and um, it was in Tel Aviv. As it happens, on the anniversary of the Nakba, And, yeah, it was um, quite stunning two years ago. I mean, even though I had a very acute consciousness of how you couldn't mention Palestine um, in any other way other than saying, you know, so the most radical thing that you're really able to say about Palestine in most legacy media, you know, and that includes things like BuzzFeed and what have you, is that I was in a terrible but, you know, both sides are responsible. Well, you know, I mean, like the picture I told you about on the wall of my friend Jen's um, little office or cubicle where she was like getting her thesis together, classic picture of little boys throwing rocks at tanks. And this was a scholarly person, you know, very respectable. She always was and still is. Why can't you be more like Jen? Yes, mother, I know. Why can't I? I don't know, I fuck up. That, you know, little boys, tanks, that's the symmetry that you're talking about. That's both sides are responsible that you're talking about. This absolute false equivalence, it's ridiculous. It's akin to arguing that three-year-old children are sexually provocative in a rape case, right? I mean, this is not a statement even about Zionism. It's just a statement of fact, okay? And if that was a shocking analogy to you, I'm sorry, but I've had a few and no one's making you listen to this thing and that's what it's like. I mean, it's an absolute nonsense and you've got this false idea. So for years and years, that is the most radical thing, you know, the most left-wing thing, the most pro-Palestinian thing you're allowed to say, you're permitted to say in legacy media in Australia, which... My goodness, so, so much more liberal and progressive than US media. Uh, the BDS people got in touch with Lord, if I'm pronouncing it correctly, I'm not sure. Uh, she had a very popular song called Royals or something. It sounded quite nice to me. It seemed to have a chorus, which the young people have largely abandoned. And that's why I remember it. <laughs> I think it had a chorus. Um, and um, 
yeah, she was spoken to by young diaspora Palestinians, said, look, hey, you can't play Israel unless you want to, you know, piss us off. You know, like, we're not going to do anything to you, but, like, this is BDS, this is boycott, divestment, sanctions, don't play Israel. And she uh, didn't... The Washington Post ran a full-page ad, like, permitted a full-page ad to be run, like, impugning um, this young woman, accusing her of all sorts, and there was 101 opinion pieces. So, anyhow, like, I mean, just believe me, as a sort of a journalist after having been a broadcaster um, for like, well, uh, uh, many decades until I came into the garden to talk to myself at night, uh, it was basically impossible. I could be a turd and give you the names of the putatively progressive publications in Australia that actually have a no Palestine, you know, just don't mention the word policy, but you know, if you're interested enough, you can work it out yourself. I used to write for them. I mean, you know, nice crew, but pretty difficult uh, to work. I used to write a gardening column there, actually. And so what happens is, um, you know, this publication, um, uh, notables from this publication and every other publication and, you know, so I did the BDS thing, right? Talked to a lot of people in news privately and a lot of, you know, celebrities who went to the Eurovision thing, of course. And they either didn't answer or just said, you know, there's two sides to every story and said, well, I'm not there to promote the state of Israel, which was absolutely untrue. Um, Of course, I'm very tedious and an ineffective communicator a lot of the time. And I'm like, have you not seen Minyaminyan? I have, you know, like I talked to them about Bibi and how, um, uh, you know, the head dude there and how he's a right-wing fuckstick. And hey, by the way... They don't have same-sex marriage in Israel. How about that? You know, because, like, everybody loves a uh, gender or sexuality diverse person at the moment. I mean, you know, where were you for the last 30 years? Ah, oh, fucking don't know. Um, but, hey, that's, uh, that's, that's the thing now. You know, you offer what support you can. And that was, that starts and ends with same-sex marriage. That's, that's it. That's it. Other rights... Yeah, where the fuck were you? I was there, you know, where were you? I mean, the blood that has been spilt in Palestine recently, well, I mean, it's more blood um, and um, it's particularly gory, but no more gory than we have seen before, no more gory uh, than we saw in 2018 when the IDF opened fire on peaceful protest. Um, There were Palestinians there just to observe the symbolic Um, by the US and rather aggressive, like, and bound to cause fucking trouble movement of the US embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. You know, a holy city for many religions, all three Abrahamic religions. Um, And the, you know, there were people um, across the border uh, just bearing witness, really. Sorry, that's a Christian term. It's actually a really nice thing too. It describes... It describes just being there, you know. I mean, sometimes, you know, like you just want to watch something just to just to see what went on. You don't have to do with anything. You have no plans to do anything with it, but you just think somebody's got to see this, right? And, yeah, so whatever, like not every Palestinian's Muslim. Um, I mean, like, yeah, Muslim-majority nation, obviously. But they were standing there in 2018 and the IDF just opens fire and um, – I think of Jen, you know, as every time I do, I think of my 
sweet friend, Amal, who's from Palestine and, um, you know, but I also just think about like other workers, other workers in the world. Their, their struggle is my struggle and it's emotional, but it's also so fucking tiring. And then all these newspapers in Australia, whatever, you know, newspapers, places I used to work, television programs, motherfucking pricks who would not answer my emails about BDS. All I wanted was fucking something on their Instagram or something on their their Twitter. I even pretended to be other people and got other people to do it just so they knew it wasn't fuckwit here. And just nothing. You know, a lady called Miff Warhurst, very popular, very lovely chick. Like, I've worked with her. Like, we're not mates, but, like, we're, like, warm acquaintances. We've even suggested, perhaps just out of politeness, I don't know, that we should hang out. But, like, you know, I don't know her intimately or anything. Um, and, and she went, you know, and she's, like, a good chick. And I just, like, you know, I mean, maybe it's too much for her. I don't fucking care. But she needs to apologise. She needs to atone publicly for what she did publicly, right? Which was endorse. Oh, here I go again, right? And um, on top of everything else and on top of knowing the inevitability of what will occur again and again and again, not just in Palestine, but in many other territories, including this one, you know, because of the power of maps, because of the power of the nation state, because of the power of the United States. And there's this really, what I'd say, evanescent at best front being put on. This is what I think about in the garden, actually. I mean, see, look, this is way better than when I wasn't in the garden. <laughs> Seriously, it was like, oh, Palestine. <laughs> you know, he's like, shut up. <laughs> shut the fuck up, you advanced economy depressive. No one cares about your tears. Um, this is purely for me, you know, uh, just like not to get so upset about Palestine and not to get so upset about, I guess, the lack of acknowledgement of the people's struggle ongoing. It's not some old thing that didn't work. It's some old thing that blossomed. It's ongoing. And, yeah, Hamas, whatever, whatever. Like, you know, it's like, yeah, they're not nice. But people tend to get uh, a little bit shitty and, might I say, perhaps a little mentally unwell when they've been starved, when they're being bombarded, when they've watched the women in their family raped by the IDF, right? I mean, the fact that the whole place isn't off its fucking tree is amazing. You know, and of course, overlords who are trying to seek power will, you know, use the Wahhabist lure and whatever, whatever. But people are fucking people. Workers are fucking workers. And sorry to be so fucking simple, but if somebody's getting the shit kicked out of them on the reg and there is no fucking reason not to know about it. You knew about it. You knew enough about it to say, oh, well, both sides are responsible. Any meaningful assay into that territory and the last 73 years of history will tell you otherwise, right? Unless you're a propagandist. And if you're not a propagandist, well, then you're being a fucking propagandist for somebody else. Or, you know, to <coughs> paraphrase the increasingly tedious Noam Chomsky, these are not journalists, these are stenographers for the state. Yeah, okay, he had one or two good things to say, but like, seriously, Chomsky, yeah, we'll get, like, maybe he was a gardener, maybe I can get him on. Uh, I doubt it. Anyway, this is me in the garden um, dealing not only with, uh, you know, 
the death of a friend's spouse, um, which is okay. I mean, you know, like she's going to be okay. Um, uh, she's got kids. I mean, she's she's devastated, but we'll all be okay. Chiefly, her. I know she'll be okay. She's she's strong AF. But you know, death, Palestine. They live near Highgate Cemetery. He's buried in Highgate Cemetery. Marks, you know, whatever. I'm mentally unwell. All these thoughts that circle round and torture you. There's something about the movement of the garden and um, the uh, stubbornness of plants, uh, the relative unpredictability um, of what they'll intersect with um, so they don't grow or they do grow or that sort of shit that untangles, you know, that chaos, that rubbish pile in my head and just lets me go back to not grieving, not mourning for Palestine but managing to look at the ongoing resistance, the people's resistance, as something uh, motivational. The March of Long Return that started after um, IDF opened fire, after Trump's little, you know, stunt, a very provocative stunt. Of course, his son-in-law was, you know, has known Bibi since he was a boy, very close connection to Jared Kushner, right? The, the guy who had a neoliberal money-led solution to Palestine. Fuck me. What is he? An equity, an equity fund herd. And, um, you know, it's not about Zionism. It's not about Judaism. So many Jewish people find this, like, anti-Semitic <laughs> in ways that are too, I would garble too badly to explain, all right? So you can look it up. The other thing you can look up, you know, with some, I guess, you know, care and patience if you can be fucked, is how many reports there were on this incident that provoked um, the March of Long Return. That is, every Friday, uh, Palestinians just got up and they walked and they walked peacefully and they marched, right? Um, Just like, okay, you can keep shooting us. It was extraordinarily moving. Uh, I had to ban myself from watching it eventually because watching that and the yellow vests and the black vests in Paris just made me so sappy that I get depressed again. Didn't garden that whole time because I just couldn't find a way and gardening would have fucking helped at the time either. Like I couldn't find a way to untangle uh, the uh, spaghettios here in the old head. You know, you have what they call intrusive thoughts um, and my brain was grappling for, I guess, what used to be my work and what used to be my everyday interests in an effort not to think about suicide or something. I don't know. Look, my brain broke. That's all I fucking know. That's a good enough explanation. Um, Gradually, you know, it's untangling, moving toward some way of not wanting to uh, devastate its host owner. And, uh, yeah, I'm getting better. Fucking Palestine's not, though, is it? You could look, you could look, is what I was saying earlier, at the amount of attention this calamity was given. But, you know, of course Trump said something stupid on that day. Um, And so there's all this death, you know, all this like foreign policy horror, which the only good thing, you know, the only good thing that you could say for the election of him above her was, hey, he might be a little bit less interventionist. Well, you know, hey, no, he wasn't. Um, in fact, he was, you know, in many cases quite provocative, 80s style, you know, real Reagan style. Fucking amount of fucking military coups in South America. I couldn't keep up. Um, and so this incredibly provocative, destined to end in bloodshed, 
you know, the shedding of Palestinian blood, of course, event wasn't even looked at. And it was just a couple of years ago now, three years ago. And I mean, just so many times. Um, and, you know, I'm not the only one. There's other people who, who, who try to do it and then get the arse. Or they can, you know, write about it in marginal publications. And then all of a sudden now everybody cares and everybody's saying donate to this, donate to that. Well, fucking don't, right? I mean, I stop donations, and this may not still be the case, to the Red Crescent because, you know, I was reliably informed by people who'd been there that they weren't doing so well. Um, And so now, you know, the suggestion is from all of Australian media and a wonderful letter to all Australian media, we will not stand for people being bullied, journalists being bullied. In Australia, that is, like, also, you know, a bit of a tip of the hat to journalists in Gaza, of course, not that, you know, Australian media sends any. And, of course, like, UNYs were a bit of a holdout, you know, we won't censure Israel. We won't recognise Palestine. We are the absolute arse licker of the United States. Fucking sunbed of a fucking US franchise. It's a fucking stupid concept. A stupid nation state. Lovely territory though. Uh, good for gardening. <laughs> and gardening, yeah, it's not good for me. It just uh, un- untangles me. But there are publications that would not conscience any kind, most of them, all of them, any kind of like analysis of what goes on in Palestine, what has gone in Palestine, how Hamas didn't just sprout from the forehead of Zeus like 3,000 years ago. The story when I was a kid was very different, you know, when I was a protesting kid, like a teen and in my 20s. I mean, Jesus Christ. And now, you know, they're all saying, donate to this, donate to that, we care. Well, fucking okay. Give me a few months and I might believe you. And give me a few months of you not running photos of people digging trees in Israel, right? Because get the fuck out of my gardening. That's a real settler photo, that one. Anyway, these are the thoughts one might escape in the garden. Um, and, um, you know, I want to I plant something for Stephen. As I said, I didn't know him well, but, um, I mean, Palestine... You know, like, don't worry if you're tuning in. I'm not going to fucking plant a tree for you because, I mean, seriously? (laughs) You know, it's like thoughts and prayers, isn't it? I mean, you know, the weeping of, uh, you know, a woman in another hemisphere who doesn't know the fucking half of it. You know, I've read a few, like, IR books, sure, been to a few demos. But what do I know? What do I know of your suffering? Nothing except I don't like the fucking, I don't like the cut of that slaughter jib. Oh, must you pay for the crimes of the West over and over again? And hey, no, they're not my crimes. I may be a white settler, but I'm fucking not a white imperialist, right? They are not my people. The ruling class are not my people. Gardeners are my people. Um, This is what happens in one's head in the garden. Um, So I'm going to be collecting uh, olives for the lady who used to own this house. I've got um, some pruning I absolutely shouldn't do because that involves sharp objects and I'll rake. I'll rake. It's all fairly safe. I'll have another beer and I'll get out the Nerf instruments. Okay, uh, bye. You've been listening to Knackers and the Vag. <laughs>